Welcome to Anime Out of Context, a comedy review show hosted by a basement dweller who grew up scrounging terrible fan subs on sketchy websites prior to the convenience of modern streaming, alongside a willfully ignorant soul whose only knowledge of anime comes from the shows forced upon him here. This show will contain spoilers, incorrect information, and copious amounts of adult language. Our hosts are not experts on any topic, and everything they say should be taken with a grain of salt. Thank you for listening, and enjoy. Hello, Hello and, and welcome to Anime of Context, hey, the show where I attempt to explain Ram. the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. Ram, you bastard. <laughs> no. No, Ram, it's too soon. It's too soon. It's only I, 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 don't, I don't think that's how the intro goes, Sean. It goes, and I insert some hilarious joke here. Uh, and I deal with my jackass of a co-host. <laughs> I'm Remington Chase. I'm Sean Rollins. Ah, uh, Sean. Sean, here we are again. Rem, it's March. It's fucking March. <laughs> like, and yet, Sean, that's not what my calendar says. The, your calendar's fucked. Have you been spending time in the Feywild or some bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> no, my my calendar says something very different. No, because <laughs> it, it my calendar says that it's April first, baby. Fuck. And yet, that is not all that it says. What? What? Pardon? No, my... Li- like like the mirror on the wall, my calendar speaks to me, Sean. Oh, fuck. Okay, Balaam, what's up? <laughs> my, my, my calendar speaks to me and it says, not only is it April 1st, but no, it's it's December 25th? How can that be? <laughs> no, 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 Rem, For the no. second year in no. a row, folks. No. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I decided it, it was too good to be a one-off. And look, let's face it. I I don't know how many how many years I'm going to be doing this podcast for. Every, every year it drains my energy. So why not uh, just keep them coming until either Sean or I perish? So... Uh, happy, happy 12 days of April Fools, Sean. I, oh, God, I see you're getting a fucking head start this year. Yeah, Jesus I, Christ. <laughs> it's getting started in March because, I mean, I have, I, last year there were, it was great. People adored the 12 days of April Fools, but I admit I had some plans that I wasn't able to implement simply because of time constraints. And but, whose fault was that? <laughs> well, now we're starting a little earlier, so I will have no issues with that. Uh, oh fuck! Are you feeling festive, Sean? I no. tried to I tried to get you in the mood with with a nice biblically themed uh pre banter. I and here I thought you were just being good and creative, and like you wanted to give our patrons something to enjoy a little a little different. Get oh, know, I'm giving the, the patrons of- something they'll enjoy, all right. Oh, yeah, but at what cost? <laughs> Sean, uh, last year I started with the the Polar Express, which I thought was a tremendous start. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought you were about to say I thought was a tremendous movie, and I was about to be very <laughs> well, angry Let's with not you. go that far. No. <laughs> let's, let's not say be... things we'll regret. <laughs> um, similarly, I wanted us to have a big Christmas-themed start this year as well. With a very recognizable Christmas anime. Okay. Uh, it's one you've almost certainly seen before. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. Uh, because out of all of uh, of the stories that are shown uh, for Christmas time, this one is the most Christmassy. 
I suppose that's why it's called A Christmas Story. Oh. Yeah, see? Watching A Christmas Story? Really? What? Yeah, we're watching A Christmas Story, Sean. Uh, an old classic uh, age, made ages and ages ago in the prehistoric times. Uh, but we are watching. Prehistoric times. <laughs> it's, it's been with us since. <laughs> Look, a fun fact. Uh, it was actually written by Hammurabi himself. He made the <laughs> the laws of Hammurabi, and then he made Christmas Story. That that is one right after the other. Yeah, uh, yes, in the ancient times of 1983. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Sean, I assume that you have watched a Christmas Story. Ah, uh, yes, but it's been maybe 15 years since I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, let let me give you and anybody who's unfamiliar a little refresher. Uh, a Christmas story is about uh, good old Ralphie. Ralphie and uh, w- one one Christmas where he wants nothing more than uh, an air rifle. But he's always you told... Shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> he's always told he's going to shoot his eye out. Uh, there's uh, a bunch of other shenanigans that happens. It's uh, kind of vignette style uh, where there's just a bunch of different moments along this Christmas season, especially with his family uh, that are taking place. Uh, and the misfortunes, largely, of, of this poor boy. Uh, the shenanigans that takes place. Uh, I don't know about you, Sean, but for me, growing up, A Christmas Story was always a little bit of a fever dream. Oh, 100%. It is, like, as a young kid, sitting down and watching A Christmas Story is so strange. It, well, not only because it's, like, vignette style, which will, like, h- hard yeah, fun- to parse when you're very young. But, but then- very much, like, the cinematography of it all is very... I still pi- can easily picture Santa Claus kicking that kid in the face. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And it's all, like, in this heightened, exaggerated, weird, everything's strange. Uh, and, and it's even weirder when I don't know if I have ever sat down and pressed play on A Christmas Story and then watched it all through. That is not how I have mm-hmm. ever consumed it. No, the way that I've consumed it, and certainly I think this is the case for many people, uh is through the 24-hour Christmas Story Marathon that gets played on, like, TNT and TBS. Uh, ABC. Uh, ABC. Uh, oh, and that too. Perfect. It, it plays on multiple things. Yep. And it just plays all day long, so you'll get these vignettes, bits and pieces, but then you'll get them throughout the day in a seemingly random order. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very much... It's It very much has, like, the feeling of Sadako's tape from The Ring. <laughs> Where, like, it gets spread around and, like, you see a bunch of these things and it's disjointed and it's like, oh, fuck, I've only got seven days till Christmas. Uh, but I, I figured it would be a great way to start the 12 days. However. Okay. Caveats. <laughs> that seems a little blasé. It seems a little milk toast. <laughs> Does it? I don't, I don't understand how that could be. Like, it's literally a With all classic- due respect, Sean. This is the second 12 days of April Fools. We need to show that we are willing to go bigger. We are willing to glow brighter. We are willing to go all out. Last year was a roaring success, and yet somehow no, I Rem, want to make this no, even bigger. No, you're not. Not. <laughs> so no, Rev, you're not doing it. No, please. I know what you're going to say. Don't do it. I want you to relive the experience of a 24-hour Christmas story marathon. So... You, me, and Dylan will schedule a day where in your house, uh, the only media you are allowed to consume for 24 hours 
is non-stop Christmas story. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay, that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it's worse in a lot of other ways. Oh, I, I assure you, there's plenty of... We got 11 more days. Um, but you're also going to be... You're, you're committing to participate with this. Uh, only in the planning. <laughs> only, only, of course you're Exclusively not. Yeah, the planning and organization. Mm, I see, um, I see. And so don't don't get me wrong, uh, you don't need to be actively watching for 24 hours, but it does need to be on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it does need to be on, and you aren't allowed to watch anything else. You can do other activities, but the only what? thing that you're allowed to watch for those 24 hours is a Christmas story that will be so, playing nonstop. So you're going to actively hamper my research time for a whole day. Uh, oh, you're damn right. Uh <laughs> Hey, if you want to be, like, browsing Wikipedia and researching in that way, you can, as so long as on your second monitor, <laughs> nice and prominent, a Christmas story is constantly playing. Uh, this feels like, this feels like water torture. This I will also know, like when you go to bed, it is 24 hours, so it better continue playing. Um, <laughs> I, Rem, I'm going to have to take time off of work to make that happen. <laughs> like, my real human job. <laughs> Because wow, I don't. Because otherwise, tremendous. I I'm gonna be fucked. Oh yeah. Because like <laughs> I'm gonna have to use vacation. Because the podcast we're doing great on the podcast. Don't get me wrong, but it's not enough to cover all three of our daily expenses. So I still have a real job. I hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes we make sacrifices to make great things happen. <laughs> I just, <laughs> my sanity for the sake of content, Rem. Oh, Sean, just you wait until you see the other 11 days. Uh, and I'm just so excited to hear what you have to say, not only about the movie A Christmas Story, but also about the experience of living in a 24-hour Christmas Story marathon, uh, which will be about 12 consecutive airings. Uh, Jesus, it's a two-hour I do not remember it being that long. Uh, it's it's technically, I, I guess it's 94 minutes, so uh, they had they like some some breaks and stuff. For for you, let's let's see. Um, for, for, okay, it'll be about a little over 15 airings. Back mm, some, to back. some tells me I'm not going to be a fan of this movie anymore. Hey, you know, if it, just let the nostalgia wash over you. Uh, see if you can get Dylan to make you a nice Christmas ham. Uh, and <laughs> Considering this is probably going to be, I'm probably going to have to watch this in like March or April at the latest. That's not great. Without further ado, let's go watch. 15 consecutive airings non-stop of A Christmas Story. Fuck you. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after watching a delightful 24 hours of A Christmas Story. And Chan, before uh, before we get to your thoughts and feelings, I just thought that I would personally uh, share with the class some uh, some some data, some uh, some some other people's thoughts. You know? Oh, okay, all right, sure, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. sure. Because a little bit of a little bit of you know. Uh, outside opinion to try and color my own, I understand. Well, you know, I just explaining why I thought that this would be such a, a delightful 
choice that you would really enjoy. First of all... Oh, why you thought. Why you thought. So these are your opinions. Well, the, well they inform my opinion. Uh, you see, mm. on IMDb, a full 27.6% of people, uh, 44,000, rated this 10 out of 10. Uh, easily the, 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 uh, out of all, all the numbers, 10 is the most. It's the most number, mm. Sean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people, uh, in their reviews, classic Christmas film that doesn't age. A timeless Christmas film. This one bears mm. up to be repeated, they say. Uh, someone calls it the funniest, most touching family Christmas film of all time. And finally, another mm. says... A timeless movie, and this is important, mm. that will never get mm. old. Mm. Uh, so they have, <laughs> they really <laughs> want to emphasize that this is mm. something that stands the test of time again and again and again and again. Uh, and, and so I suppose what I want to hear from you, Sean, uh, sort of bifurcated thoughts. First, uh, I, I think we want to talk about... Uh, just, you know, your thoughts on the movie as a whole, and then your experience specifically watching it for 24 hours. <laughs> you know, two, two goals in this review. You couldn't even get through that sentence without laughing, could you? Oh, I'm just so happy for you. Yeah, uh, yeah, for me, yeah. You know, Rem, you opened up this, uh, review by saying we. You said we, and I feel like we is a strong term for what happened. <laughs> Uh, hey, because, I, I uh, will note, I was there for two showings of A Christmas Story. Yeah, two showings. You know how many I watched in a 24-hour period, Rem? <laughs> a bit more than that? Oh, yeah, just a bit more, because let me break it down for you, Rem, real quick. The runtime of this movie is round about, not really counting credits or anything, about 90 minutes. Nice and easy. Okay. Right? And I started at 8 a.m. Nice and early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if I waited any longer, I would be li- listening to the movie at work, and I feel like that would get me in trouble. Because I did it on a Sunday like a fool. That'd be uh, uh, fucking East. I did it on Easter Sunday of all things, which w- weirdly, weirdly, kind of appropriate. Yeah, I mean, it really all comes together. Uh, but I, huh? huh so now God. you're about to yeah. tell us how uh Ralphie is a Christ-like figure, and that it really is just uh, an abstract nativity scene. You really want me to dignify that with a response? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's um, simply media analysis, artistic analysis. Rem, 16. 16 times is the amount of times that this movie was playing on in the background. <laughs> you saw a mere eighth of that. To be fair. You were asleep for quite a few of those, or at least trying to sleep as it invades your oh, dream. Pff, I didn't sleep well, I'll tell you that right now. Because the thing is, Rem... Did, did you dr- dream of Bunny Ralph Senpai? No. <laughs> no, I did not. You're proud of yourself, aren't you? It, it's a pretty good one. Come on, that's a good one. I mean, it, it is that's a, that's a quality joke right there. That is a quality joke. It's just a shame that uh, I can't laugh at it because uh, I am the poor bastard who... I'm, I might be the only poor bastard who had to go through this exact scenario. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they played it like on 24-hour specials occasionally back in the day, but nobody actively sat down and watched it as much as I did. And, like, even so, at some point, somebody was like, ah, that's probably enough for now. Let's turn it off and enjoy dinner type of thing. Well, you know, it's you like... Know, I don't know, Sean, because on IMDb, you can create, like, lists of movies, right? And the the top list that 
right now that a Christmas story is on is high rewatch value. So I maybe people are just watching it again and again on repeat. Maybe. Some people, maybe they haven't even turned it off. They have it on all year round. That's a random user list. Uh, that's yet... not even a critic list. <laughs> hey, man, I'm a man of the people. I trust the people. And the people will say, man, boy, oh, boy, I want to watch Christmas Story 16 times. <laughs> it's number 20 on the list, and there are 21 entries. <laughs> I saved the best for almost last. <laughs> <laughs> right between fucking... <laughs> Okay, first of all, fuck you. They put Labyrinth at 21. <laughs> That's messed up. Why oh, you gotta do my boy Bowie like that? And then they put Princess Bride above it. That is that is a very strange, like, but, uh, sandwich. Uh, enough right about there. IMDb. Sean, what, what were your thoughts? Tell me about On the, the experience. movie itself or the experience. Uh, either. You you, I'll, I'll let you determine the best way of navigating this minefield. Well, let's start with the experience, of Ren, course, because yeah. all of my opinions on the film are going to be heavily <laughs> colored by the amount of times I've had to see this. Uh, so for frame of reference, Remington, the last time I saw this movie was well over a decade ago. So about time I for a catch-up. <laughs> I was at the very at very least a sophomore in high school, uh, and at most I might have been in junior high or end of elementary. Like, I genuinely, I cannot remember the last time I saw it. I just know that it's long enough that... Uh, at this point in my adult life, it, I, I had completely forgotten about it. Like, I, what I remembered from this movie is literally tantamount to a handful of quotes and a handful of classic, quote-unquote, cinematography scenes. You know, the ones that everybody remember. Uh, Santa Claus kicking the kid down the slide. Uh, fragile. Remember Fragile? I, I still you know? quote Fragile. Fragile? Same! Same. It, like, Rem, <laughs> I genuinely might be the best quote in the movie. Yeah. Uh, be, because, Rem, I completely forgot that this is the movie that gave me that joke. I, I like, it, could never it forget. Completely, it completely burned it out of my subconscious. Uh, you know, and the, like all those iconic shots and scenes and props and such. And it's like, yeah, okay, I you'll shoot your eye out, kid. You know, I understand. I'll, like, I'll be I, honest, those, for me, the... When I was growing up, I didn't really like A Christmas Story, except for one moment, which I unironically found to be one of the funniest things in all of cinema. And that was, uh, I can't put my arms down. At one point, uh, they, they take the younger brother and put him in a billion coats. And yep. he can't put his arms down. And it looks, it's just the right amount of look stupid and the the kid's voice in that moment. It, beautiful. Great moment. Mm. How do you feel about it now, Rem? Hey, man, I think it is exactly as great uh, because I didn't have to see it 16 times. Mm, interesting, interesting. Because uh, you commented on the voice being amusing and funny and hilarious. Uh, it's not. It's really not. As an adult, it really isn't. Like, it might have been funny, like, as a ha ha he he kind of way to a kid because the idea of a kid, like, freaking out and not being able to put their arms down no matter what their parents are doing, it's like, yeah, that's pretty funny. That's okay. That's kind of cute. Remington, this movie is. Like, and I'm not exaggerating here, at least 60% of its runtime is filled with screaming and or crying children. Yeah, I I did. That's something I was able to realize when you brought it over. You you had it on your phone. We we had a game night. <laughs> you were like... Oh, yeah, no. I, I forced you guys into a game night. I didn't even tell you I was doing it this <laughs> no, day. No, no, you were just... I just showed up at the doorstep and was just like, yeah, you know what? Here we go. Let's do so this. So we, we all started playing games, having a good time, and... 
genuinely so many times we just had to stop what we were doing and wait for the screaming to subside. There's so much screaming. In a 90-minute movie, that's about, it felt like an hour's worth of screaming. That's too much screaming. But that's besides the point. That's besides the point. My day started off, Remington, waking up and... In order to keep myself sane, I even, like, recorded little shitty vlogs to myself to kind of get my thoughts out, because until I went to your place at around 4 or 5 o'clock, I can't remember exactly because that whole day's a fucking blur to me, uh, I was alone. I was alone. Dylan wasn't home. I was alone with nothing but a Christmas story, some books, and my thoughts, and it was insane. So, after every showing, I would just make a two-minute vlog to myself trying to break down my thoughts and my plans for the day. Uh, I looked over those videos uh, right before we recorded this, actually, and I'm going to be real honest with you, Rem. I look like I'm fucking losing my mind. Oh, they, they would make a great Patreon exclusive. Oh, I don't know if they're, that's what they're good for or not. Uh, maybe. We'll see. Like, it's, it's uh, at most ten minutes of me screaming into a phone before I completely <laughs> stop because I'm exhausted and I it was time to go and see you. My only solace was when I was in the car and I wasn't playing it because obviously I don't want that kind of distracted driving. Because um, if a kid suddenly screams while I'm driving, well, there's a good chance I will die. What a way to go. What a way yeah, to go no, that... with your last memory, the eighth iteration of Christmas Story. <laughs> it would have been pretty feckin' rough. Um, and I, during all those thoughts, I just was flabbergasted, Rem. I was flabbergasted because the first couple watch-throughs, like, I kind of half-watched, you know, half-watched the first half of one, half-watched the last half of the second, just to kind of, you know, make sure that I could actually review the film. And I did a good job of that. You know, I, I now know the whole plot of the film, beat by beat, story by story, and I can understand... To an extent, why at that point, I could understand why people consider this to be a classic Christmas film. It's got a lot of iconic imagery, some iconic lines, and it, at the time, there's not really anything else quite like it. Well, there we go. There you have it, folks. Mm, I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> if I was done, I would have said, ah, yeah, that's it. We're good. We can stop what the podcast. What a fantastic now. way to end a review. <laughs> yeah, we'd end this episode at 12 minutes in, and that would be the end of it. It would... It'd be abysmal. It'd be abysmal. Uh, people would be like, oh, man, what great content. Glad I'm going to, you know, drop a Patreon subscription for some bonus content if it's going to be this quality. Absolutely not. That's <laughs> no. Uh, what happened after that second viewing and me, like, actually critically analyzing the movie as best as I could in my tired, tired state um, was this movie has some moments that will stick in people's memories forever. It is iconic enough in that way that you'll never forget it uh, once you've seen it once or twice. That much is true. The problem is, Remington, what did all those reviews say? It was a timeless picture? Truly timeless and repeatable. Mm, I'm going to tell you right now, Remington, it is neither of those things. <laughs> oh no, Sean. Sean, you're destroying people's childhoods right now. Fuck their childhoods. I had to sit through 24 hours of this bullshit. If you want to have a valid opinion on my uh, opinion of this story, then by all means, either come at me by displaying your film degree or go through what I went through. Only watching this movie for 24 hours and always having it in earshot. And then tell me, then tell me uh, how I'm wrong. But until that point, 
you can fuck right off. <laughs> and is that a little gatekeepy? Yeah. In this case, I think I'm justified. But that's besides the point, Remington, because this movie... Now, a little bit of background, Rem. This movie came out in 1984, if I'm not mistaken. 83, 83, 1983, okay? And that's fine. There's a lot of great movies in the 80s that are considered timeless, and I will agree with, and they're uh, wonderful and have are fun to watch on the occasional uh, occasion. Makes it all the more impressive that a 40-year-old film is timeless. Yeah, about that. So here's the thing, Rem. A Christmas Story, for those who are unaware, was made in 1983, but actually takes place in the dead heart of the 40s. Now, Remington, <laughs> I don't know what you know about history. I mean, I know you might have a degree in it. I, you know, <laughs> but did you know that there is a little well-known event that was going on in the heart of the 40s? Ah, uh, yes, of course. Mm. And what was that event, Remington? Dr. Frankenstein's electric jig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's it. Why, why don't you give me a synopsis of Dr. <laughs> Frankenstein's electric jig and why it was so revolutionary for world history, Rem? Uh, uh, no. Um, uh, well, uh, <laughs> uh, Dr. Frankenstein, we, we're all familiar. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, he was uh, the, uh, well... He wasn't recognized at the time as the world's best dancer, but when he mm. invented the electric jig, which of course, as we all know, is a style of dancing, um, mm. <laughs> which is the precursor to the electric slide, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, which very impressive, you know, very, uh, very ahead of its time, many would say. And and so he crafted the uh, electric jig, and first, it's a phenomenal dance, but it, it's not remembered just because it's a phenomenal dance. Um, of course, it's remembered because uh, the electric jig, ideally, you have a partner, right? And mm -hmm. uh, there, there was one occasion in uh, Central Europe where uh, uh, there was a big electric jig event uh, held by Dr. Frankenstein himself, so it was huge. Um, mm -hmm. And unfortunately, there was an odd number of people. Uh, so every, mm. everybody was able to be partnered up, uh, except for a poor man named Adolf. Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> interesting, interesting. <laughs> and what happened with Adolf, Ram? What happened with Adolf? I don't think we need to discuss anymore. No? No? You sure we don't want to discuss him or his, uh... His quote-unquote no, friend. I'm, I'm much more no? interested in Dr. Frankenstein. Mm, interesting. Well, Remington, uh, World War II was kind so, of the I, I suppose, I suppose you could say that Hitler, in a way, is Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the prestige! There it is! <laughs> oh, that's dark. That's really anyway, yeah, dark. so World War II was going on, so I'm sure I'm sure that that just looms over large in uh, a Christmas story. Exactly what you want for a Christmas film. Oh, yeah. See, here's the thing, Rem. Uh, it's not referred to at all. Oh well, perfect. You know, nice and easy, nice and uh, just just focus on Christmas. Just focus on Jesus. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no Jesus. Either, well, so shit. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Like they mentioned Jesus once or twice in a carol, but like, let's be real, that doesn't count. <laughs> Like, people will put whatever Christmas carols, no matter what the meaning is, because like, oh, it's like, yeah, that sounds like Christmas carol. What's it about? Christ dying for our sins? <laughs> yeah, no, that'll work. That'll get the cheer up. Let's think about Santa <laughs> that's, Claus that That's way. pretty jolly. Very jolly. Remember, folks, the, the jolliest form of execution is crucifixion. 
Oh, man. <laughs> and this is the one that's going out to the public, so this will be fun. <laughs> As a reminder, there's going to be 11 more April Fool's episodes in the next 11 days exclusively on Patreon for $5 uh, members and above. So, uh, you know... <laughs> Not to mention the, the 11 from last year as well. And 11 from last year, there's also even another April Fool's that's a Patreon exclusive. There's going to be a lot of content, guys. Uh, it, it, but, you know, uh, <laughs> after after these jokes, we'll see how much content... <laughs> we'll see if we have one. We'll see if we get cancelled for Christmas this year. Uh, but no, Ramp. Uh, you'd think a movie that's set in the height of World War II, and for those of you who are like, well, it could have been set in the late 40s. That is true. It could have been. However, based on the timing of this movie, the movie was made in 1983, and from what I can tell, it was made to appeal to people who grew up in that time period. So logically speaking, a year, about 40 years previous would make the most sense for a time slot. Because otherwise... Yeah, it, it doesn't, it, there's there's a lot of things that don't make sense. There's a lot of things that don't make sense. Either way, the point is, World War II really kind of wrapping up around this time. And the fact that that's not addressed at all is fine for the most part, except for the part where they're just, there's just this nagging feeling whenever you're watching this movie. It's like, ah, oh, this is set in the 40s. Look at all these fun 40s things. Look at how, how quaint and adorable the 40s were. Because Remington, what this movie is is essentially grand nostalgia bait for the people who lived in that time period or heard about that time period from their parents. Okay, so it, it, it was just uh it, it, it was it was just that generation's uh old fucks being like oh kids it was such when I was young it was so magical watch a Christmas story. That's how it was. Ignore anything <laughs> Look, Christmas Story doesn't talk about Nazis or, you know, how anybody outside of, of a very, very narrow, precise view of what your quote-unquote standard American should look like. Just don't think about any of those issues. Don't think about that. Mm. Watch your Christmas story. The Christmas story's fine. Yeah. And in fact, if that was the intent, okay, sure. Maybe they just wanted to talk about all the nice, cool, interesting things from that time period. Because no matter the time period, there's always going to be fascinating bits of history and learning about the culture of the people who live in that time period. You know, that's fine. That's okay. Here's the problem, though, Rem. Since this movie was made in the 80s, and it's a movie in the 80s about the 40s, everything in this movie is twinged with a faint miasma of either... Uh, classism racism or sexism <laughs> here we are you know <laughs> i was hoping l last year for for those who either uh can't remember uh or or just didn't uh watch all of the uh extra 12 days of april fools we noticed a recurring theme with some of the films i ended up showing sean that first of all uh turns out we're, we're not great films uh and also for some reason racism and similar themes kept showing up uh mm -hmm. you know who knows why mm. why these allegedly god-awful movies uh and racist themes somehow tied together maybe there's a link between the two um you know it's mm. so it's so unclear so muddled who can say for sure um <laughs> 
Yeah, so Rem, this movie is just plagued with like, it's not as bad as some of the other movies we covered, obviously. Because if it was, this movie would not be as quote-unquote beloved as it is uh, to this day. It, it, it's like prominent, but not prominent, but it, it's not too prominent where your your standard suburban family uh, of, of white folk can't just sort of look away for, for a few seconds yeah. or pretend they didn't watch that moment or just like focus on the next thing. Like, for example, Rem, did you know that uh, the only black people in this movie are playing criminals? Oh, no. Oh, oh, shit. Yeah. And if there are others, I'm sorry I missed them, but they were background extras at best. The only prominent uh, people of color in this film were uh, dressed up as old-timey, like, black and white striped uh, criminal outfits, uh, robber types, in uh, one of the main character's fantasies. And uh, two of them happened to be black. And uh, guess which one of the... Of the four people invading, guess who's the first one to die? Oh, no. You know, I'm starting to question whether... A Christmas Story is a 10 out of 10 timeless and repeatable movie. Mm, well, if people are saying that part is timeless, they might be a little more accurate than they really ought to be. Oh, it's sad and true. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, but that's, like, the racism, I will say, is probably the lowest toned down stuff, because the movie is so predominantly white, you barely notice any other people. Which, you know, I would say is a problem. But, you know, it's... You're, better than you're like standard, actively being racist. It's true, and your standard white suburban boomers—they won't see a single thing wrong with it. They'll just put no. it on repeat. Let's go, Merry Christmas. No, so I won't stay too long on the racist. The only other prominent uh, point of racism that I really want to point out is, hey Rem, did you know that this movie literally ends with a racist joke? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> just, just a grand finale. Racism. Yeah. Now. People are gonna be like, no, it ends with, uh, it ends with, uh, you know, the kid cuddling his long-desired rifle in his bed. Which is true. It is true. Ralphie is cuddling his Red Ryder Carbon Action 200-shot uh, range model air rifle. You know, he's, he's cuddling that in bed and talking about how it was the best Christmas ever. It's like, ah, yes, that's nice and heartwarming. People always neglect to mention or forget, I don't know which, that two minutes prior to this... <laughs> The entire family is at a Chinese restaurant uh, for their Christmas dinner because their Christmas dinner got ruined by the neighbor's dogs, and they are being sung Christmas carols uh, by the staff there, and the joke is that uh, these presumably uh, Chinese immigrants, uh, man, they just can't nail those L's. Oh, no. <laughs> they just can't nail those L's, oh, man. Yeah, and the, uh, and the owner who... Thankfully, at the very least, was also Chinese. Comes in and corrects them. He's like, "No, no, no! It's like this. Mm. If that one, if you can't sing that one, then try another one." Mm. And then, of course, the joke is they can't sing that one either because it also has a lot of L's. Ah, ah! If you want to make jokes about accents, that can be fine, but it really shouldn't be in the context of a very white-centric film directed by a white person, written by several white people. It's like there's the yeah. yeah. You know, I don't think it's their joke to make, is yeah, what I'm going to yeah. say. You know, like, if I made a joke like that today, I would rightfully be canceled, I'm sure. Yeah. All right, well... It, it, it's rough. It, so that's hmm. that's the that's basically the scope of the racism in the movie. So, that, you know, two major points to worth pointing out. Okay. Uh, well, let, let, maybe... Maybe we need a different focus here. May, what about the... Let's talk about the characters, Sean. The main characters. 
Oh, you want to talk about Ralphie? Yeah, let's talk about Ralphie. Let's talk about Ralphie. So Ralphie, I think, is a serial killer. (laughs) Oh, perfect. The deep lore. Here we go. Because, friend, the whole premise of this movie is it's a it's a story about Christmas that we were being told by theoretically an adult Ralphie. Uh, Ralphie in this movie is nine years old, right? You know, a a turbulent age, as I'm sure we all are aware, especially in the 40s, apparently. (laughs) And this is just tell it is just a grand story uh, telling about uh, what he considers to be the best Christmas of his childhood, which got to be said a little bit of an oof. If this is your best Christmas ever. Um, and he's telling the story of the one thing he really wanted for Christmas. Now, Rem, I don't know about you, but when I was a youngin, what I really wanted for Christmas was a variety of very uh, weird and eclectic things. You know, Pokemon games. I really liked those. I, I wanted action figures. Look how hard he's he's trying to avoid saying that he's asked for a Dokimakura every year since he was 10. Okay. How dare you, sir? <laughs> My parents didn't even know what anime was until I was 13. Which, <laughs> which I... made you were like, okay, so it's like it's like a pillow, but big. No, it has to have a waifu on it. Okay, no, no, wife, I'm not married. No, okay. So, anime girls. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> I, is this the wrong time to mention that my, one of my first bedspreads was a Pokemon bedspread, which included like uh, uh, Pokemon like pillowcases? What were one of them Vaporeon? Nope. All right, God, you get a pass this time, Sean. You yeah, get nope. a pass this time. And uh, I think I think it was mostly Pikachu, maybe maybe the three starters from Gen One. I can't honestly remember, but that's besides the point. Uh, the point is the things I wanted. Like, the most extreme thing I wanted for a kid my age was a variety of books. Because, yes, I was that kid. Uh, what Ralphie wants is what he made sound like the most desirable thing for any nine-year-old. A Red Rider Carbine Action 200-shot range model air rifle. I don't know, it sounds like a red-blooded American to me. Mmm, yeah, no, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that <laughs> issue. Which, uh, as somebody who uh, is very familiar with air rifles as well as airsoft in general, uh, that is a wild thing for a nine-year-old to really, really want. I mean, I can understand the raw appeal of, like, fake guns and such, but a thing that can actually cause that kind of damage and trauma and, quote-unquote, potentially shoot your eye out, kid, uh, is is wild. But you know what? That's fine. That's fine. Kids, is the 40s. It was probably the new... It was the PlayStation equivalent. A gun. <laughs> you know? So, fine, fine. We'll, we'll put that aside. It's the amount of how badly he wants this gun that is concerning to me, Rem. Because the whole movie is him concocting schemes of quote-unquote trying to manipulate his parents into giving it to him. Uh, and all the antics of him trying to be quote-unquote good as well as avoid getting in trouble. To the point where I'm starting to think he's got some sociopathic tendencies that are a bit concerning, to say the least. Because, Rem... I don't think he's ever shown a bit of remorse in any of the times I watched this movie. <laughs> the whole time you're just scanning for even a little bit, a little bit yeah. of remorse or guilt, and you find none. Because, Rem, throughout this whole movie, Ralphie is nothing but biggest asshole. He's a nine-year-old piece of shit. Yeah, like, he looks like the awkward, nerdy kid that you would expect from a, a story like this. But in actuality, he's just... Kind of. He's he's a baby boomer. <laughs> That's what he looks like. 
and how he acts. And it's it's uncanny. Like the first fantasy he has involving this uh this rifle is defending his home dressed as a a wild west cowboy uh from the previously mentioned um I, I will uh, I will invaders. have you know Ralphie is not a baby boomer. He's before the baby boomer. Oh, so worse. <laughs> he's he's part of the silent generation. <laughs> mm, I wish he had stayed silent. <laughs> He's he's just a few years too early to be a, a baby boomer. Mm. Well, that doesn't help the situation, though. That unfortunately doesn't... not, no. Unfortunately, it's not a great no, defense. No, Yeah, no. Because, like, his, his first uh, fantasy is defending his home from invading criminals uh, led by the devious Black Bart. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, thankfully, uh, the leader of the uh, uh, gang, I couldn't tell for certain because he was only in the frame for, like, 30 seconds, but I think he was one of the ones that wasn't black. And I'm going to give the movie the benefit of the doubt and say that, yeah, I'm going to say that that's not what they were going for. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, And just blasting people out uh, his window. And it's like, okay, so I can understand the fantasy. But at the same time, that's one of the first things he wants to do with this rifle. A little concerning is thinking about shooting people. Yeah. L- little concerning. little concerning. Uh, cause even when I wanted like fake guns, I never wanted to shoot people. <laughs> I wanted to shoot targets, but who, who knows? I was a weird repressed kid. Maybe I'm the odd one out. <laughs> yeah, Sean. Why weren't you having fantasies about uh, a bunch of murderous rampages? Can we say that? Uh, who knows? Hey, hey, Dylan, uh, what, what's, <laughs> what's the climate like in, in December? Have there been any recent yeah. events? Can we talk about Ralphie's gun? <laughs> is, it, is this okay? You're fine as of the day of editing, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Yeah, because if it's not, uh, we're sorry. We recorded this in April. Which, uh, I, I which, will be honest. <laughs> it hasn't been great either. It hasn't yeah. been great either. No, March especially was rough. March was especially rough. Uh, here's hoping things are better by then. Uh, huh. Not not going to hold my breath. Uh, but I'm hoping. So, so okay. So Ralph, Ralphie's a psychopath, but there are other characters. No, they're not. No, they are not, Rem. <laughs> they're okay. Let me let me be more specific. There are other people in this story. Yeah, but calling them characters is a stretch. Ralphie is a psychopath because he spends all this time plotting to get this rifle and essentially doing a bunch of things that are like nostalgic for the time period and from a kid's perspective. You know, getting like little orphan Annie Dakota rings, uh, sticking your tongue to a, a frozen ice pole. I guess that's a nostalgic thing. I don't know. Uh, and, you know, all these shenanigans and all of his fantasies. It's like, yeah, okay, I, I, I see. He's the center character and we get his perspective. The other quote unquote characters in this show, ha, huh, man, they're they're more set dressing than characters. The only two that I would I suppose you consider to be proper close characters are maybe his parents. What about uh, what who, about Scott? Oh, Scott Farkas. <laughs> the Fark Man. Scott Farkas is <laughs> Scott Farkas is the plot device. He is he, he is a MacGuffin of a bully. <laughs> All he does in this movie, like, so he's a big, tall ginger kid who bullies kids, I think. If you can call what he does bullying. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me personally. Because what he does is he, this is the scope of what he does, is he lurks uh, creepily behind fences, waits for young kids to come by, laughs creepily, walks out to them, laughs, never says a word, by the way, he never says a word, and then just screams at them and runs around and screams at them. (laughs) I... 
I guess that's bullying if the kids don't like it, but it's like, man, I thought things, I thought people were harder in the 40s. <laughs> At least that's what that's what our grandparents are, seem to be saying over and over again, saying we're too soft in this generation. <laughs> but, but you're saying any, anybody who sees a scene with Scott Farkas, they know the truth. <laughs> mm, yeah, walking up hill both ways in the snow, you know? Boomers it's, it's absolutely going. owned by Scott Farkas. Fucking Scott Farkas, man. Like, and, and which is unfortunate because that's a silly name. That's a very silly name. Like, I could see that being a silly name as a joke, but it felt like less of a joke and more like, hey, what's the grossest, more, most, like, weirdly odd name that we can give a bully character who's also ginger, by the way? Like, they, nah, you they know don't them emphasize gingers. the fact that he's ginger, but they very much are like, oh, look at this bully ass ginger kid. And I was like, hey. <laughs> That's what I thought of you first time I saw you. Yeah, me. I give off bully energy. <laughs> uh, if anything, I give off bully me energy. <laughs> yeah, and you love it. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Uh, Scott Fargus isn't a character. He laughs, he screams, and then later down the line, Ralphie loses his mind, which further proves my psychopath theory, uh, and then just beats the ever-loving shit out of Scott Farkas. Mm. At least I think that's what they're going for. I mean, it looks like just a kid, like, open hand slapping him for the most part. But when, when the kid is, when Ralphie is pulled off of Scott, his face is covered in blood. <laughs> oh my god. Like, absolutely covered in Ooh. blood. And I'm like, that's a lot of blood for a kid that looks like he was just open hand slapping him. So either the intention was, hey, this is how we can make it look convincing, and they failed at that, or the intent was, this kid is really beating the shit out of this other kid, who, as far as I'm concerned, did not deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a scary bully and had a crony, but, but he didn't actually do anything aside from bother them. And like, he said three lines in the movie and then got the shit beat out of him. It's like, I don't know, man. I'm starting to feel like Scott didn't exactly deserve it. Oh, and, shit. Yeah. We have a Scott like, apologist I, here. Look, you know, I'm not going to apologize for anything in this Hashtag movie. Hashtag Scott Fest. Ooh, oh, I feel, fuck that. Oh, it feels like something's going to go wrong. Something's... <laughs> no, that's that's bad. Oh, also, I looked it up. In the, like, quote-unquote sequel story, he's apparently a police officer. <laughs> Wait, so that, sequel story? Uh, don't, don't you dare. Shut the fuck up. Uh, don't worry about it. Is that foreshadowing? Uh, just, Who knows? It better fucking not be, Rem, because I will kill you. You're closer to me now. I can kill you. <laughs> Much easier. Um, no, so Scott Farkas, not a character. Not really a character. Plot device. Then you've got uh, all of his friends, also not characters. One, uh, one kid's shining moment is getting his tongue stuck to a pole because he didn't believe it would fro freeze over. In a scene that terrified me as a child. Oh yeah, no, it terrified everybody as a child. Are you kidding me? And also, the pole he stuck his tongue to, the dirtiest fucking uh, pole I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Like, it, it seemed like it was built in the 1910s because it was rusty oh, and gross. No. And it's like, they actually let a kid put his tongue on that? Were they thinking? Were they thinking? I don't know if they were. Uh, but in the kid's defense, he is probably the most honorable character in the entire movie because he didn't rat out uh, the people who left, who straight up abandoned him <laughs> on this poll. Like, nobody would have blamed him for ratting them out, but his little kid pride of not ratting out his quote-unquote friends won over. So it's like, I guess that's admirable. That's basically it. Uh, then you got Ralphie's little brother. Uh, Randy, I think it was his name, if I recall correctly. Uh, Randy's purpose is to scream. Perfect. 
That's his purpose. His purpose is to scream and I almost said be a foil to Ralphie, but not even really. He he either screams in the scene he's in or he cries in the scenes he's in. Except for the very end when he's very happy because he gets a fucking Zeppelin as his main Christmas present. Remember that, that World War II thing I mentioned, Ram? Huh. <laughs> a fucking Zeppelin. It's a choice. It is a choice. Uh, which, I mean, hey, don't get me wrong. Zeppelin's, like, alone. Cool. I mean, it's a giant flying uh, device that's not a plane. You know, that's new. It's cool. It's interesting. In the heart of World War II, though? Mm, probably not the best time to be talking about them. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, I, I think you've sufficiently broken everybody's hearts, Sean. Um... No, 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 I'm not done. Because <laughs> I need to talk about the parents. Oh, of course, of course. The parents are the other big problem of this movie. And the teacher as well, but the teacher, like, it's a teacher in the 40s, you can't expect much. <laughs> uh, that, that's just, that's just, ah, uh, you know, that's with the times. Yeah, it, it made a little too much sense. Uh, also, making nine-year-olds write a theme. Uh, oh. Don't. Try. I don't know if you can make adults write a theme if you ask them to. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, but uh, his parents are are supposed to be the uh, idyllic white middle class uh, family of the time period. And man, do they nail that because my God, is everything about them uncomfortable? Oh no. Because Rem, the father is exactly what you would imagine from a 1940s father. You, you know what I kind of, I, I realize uh, that there's two sets of parents that I've kind of combined in my memory. One okay. is the parents from A Christmas Story. The other right. is the parents from Matilda. <laughs> Where, obviously, Matilda, I think the parents are a lot more bombastic, but I feel like it's broadly in the same category of shitty people who hate each other. Yeah, the biggest difference is, I guess the parents in Christmas Story love their kids. I guess, if I had to guess. <laughs> Uh, in Matilda, they definitely did not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of them was Danny DeVito, for Christ's sake. And Danny DeVito is good at playing a bad dude. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's, it's very similar vibes. I get where you're coming from. The dad is exactly what you'd picture. He is like the sit in the armchair, read the newspaper, talk about fixing cars, swearing up a storm, uh, doing puzzles to win lotteries. It's like, he is like the... 1940s American father family figure, you know, and all the problems that come with that. His whole character arc in this movie is being grumpy, swearing, uh, winning a lamp, uh, a, a hideous lamp uh, that he loves be purely because he won it. Would it shock you to know that uh, th that when I was growing up, my family had a copy of that lamp? Unfortunately, Rem, that does not surprise <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I, I wish I, I wish I could like Here. soften the blow with that, but like That's how it goes. That's some, how it goes. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm sorry, bud. Uh, but yeah, that's his character, and it's not great. The only moment of tenderness he has in the whole movie is getting Ralphie his Christmas present, and it's the only time he's actually seen like a proper father figure. And it's like, oh, man, and you're giving him a gun. Huh. This is. This this is as close to mixed feelings as you get in this situation. Uh, and then his mother. Man, his mother's pretty bad. Like, as far as 1940s mothers go, it's like, if you have to have a certain level of sympathy, right? Yeah, yeah. Because sexism was at a high. <laughs> yeah, oh, like, for sure. Whether it was active or subconscious, it was at a high. But man, was this lady kind of the worst in a lot of ways. <laughs> like, one of the punishments, like, 
kid said fuck. That's one of the jokes is wow. that uh, Ralphie says fuck. They're going to hell. <laughs> Apparently. And tell me, Rem, if you were a parent, uh, which you are, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, I've got old uh, and, Samantha. And you, heard your, and you heard your daughter at the tender age of nine, uh, not even heard them say it. Like, if you're, if I went up to you and said, you'll never guess uh, what your kid just said, and whispered in your face uh, that they said fuck, what would your response be? Well, death, I'm afraid. <laughs> That's it. Time to start over. <laughs> got to got to make a new, new one. Kid. Got to got to yep. reroll. Got a mulligan. This one's defective. <laughs> this one's defective. Uh, but no, actually, Rem, what would you do? I, I tell them there's a time and a place for words. Words have power. That's about it. So you'd have a like a nice level-headed response. Yeah, I don't think it matters that much. No, it really doesn't. It like really I, doesn't. I just I would just make sure they know the power that such words can have, and that's it. Yeah, no. See, that's that's fair and reasonable, and I respect that, Remington. I'd probably have a similar response. Uh, when he tells his wife uh, what Ralphie said, she immediately turns to him and screams, Ralphie, like like he had just shot her mother or something. And then the, it cuts to the next scene where he has a full-ass bar of soap in his mouth. <laughs> which, yikes on trikes, yeah. because, like, I, I understand the logic behind the punishment, but... I don't know what was in 1940s soap. A lot of lead. A lot of lead. A little bit of arsenic for flavor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe and, some asbestos sprinkles. Yeah. And it's like, oh, God, that is that is way harsh a punishment for one little slip of a swear that he heard from his father. And most and they could have guessed that they heard it from his father. But he in a, in a panic, the kid blames his friend because uh, unlike his friend, uh, Ralphie's a rat. <laughs> Ralphie is a rat. And it's like, okay, lady, that's not only is that an overreaction, but you essentially forced a, another kid to get an earful. And not only that, a beating, because you hear in the background when she calls the other kid's parents to tell them that that kid is getting beat over the phone and they play it off like a joke. Ah, 40s. That's, you know, uh, I, I might say that that is a little bit fucked. Yeah. And the coup de grace of this whole scene, Rem, is that after uh, his quote-unquote punishment is over, uh, and they never mention it again, obviously, because it's clearly not that important, uh, the mom tries putting the soap in her mouth to see how bad it is. And she f couldn't do it for a single second. <laughs> Cowardice. Yeah, and it's like, so you made your kid sit there with the soap in his mouth for that whole time. Aren't you going to apologize to him? No, no, the scene just cuts off right there. Oh my god. Uh, and there are other things throughout the movie that point to these parents being problematic. But I think that scene, that, that combination of scenes alone really kind of exemplifies the problems. Not to mention that uh, together they're not exactly nice to each other all that well. Because, you know, they get into a fight over the lamp and she literally breaks the lamp uh, on purpose because she hates it so much. Uh, rather than having a nice conversation about it because they're both stupid, stubborn people. It, it made me angry. It made me upset and angry. Uh, but those what are the characters, family. Rem. Though that's the family. Ah, and people want to see that over and over again, huh? Hmm, that's, uh, that's, that's interesting. Well, I, I just have a few final questions before we finish things off. First, uh, what, which watch was the one that broke you? Which iteration? Do you think, like, it was around the third or fourth? Do you think you were able to withstand to, like, six or seven? When would you say you were officially a broken man? Probably around the 6th or 7th, because it was the 8th watch that I started watching with you. <laughs> yeah, and you were broken by then, for sure. 
Yeah, no, I, my sense of time was in fucking st- in stasis. I had read through a whole uh, adventure module just trying to distract myself. And for those who don't read adventure modules, uh, those take time. Those take time. Uh, I don't know if I remember much about the adventure module. Uh, it was Icewind Dale, if anybody's curious. Uh, I'm going to have to reread it now because I all I can think about is fucking screaming children and kids with BB guns. Uh, I will say the one character that I related to the most in this film uh, was Santa Claus. <laughs> Just kicking kids down the slide. Oh, yeah, because I wanted to kick that kid down the slide so fucking bad. And literally, Santa Claus, like one of the most iconic scenes in the movie, uh, Santa Claus is perched atop a very precarious mountain and kids have to climb up some stairs to uh, sit on his lap and then get literally thrown down the slide by the elf helpers. And every time it cuts to Santa, he's like, if people think I'm staying here a minute past nine o'clock, they're out of their minds. You know, like just the overworked retailer energy. Yeah. And it's like, you know what, man? I feel you. That's horseshit. Uh, kick them kids. That's what I feel like. <laughs> but no, Brem, that's the movie. That's the movie. What a journey. Uh, what an experience. It is. I didn't even cover everything. I couldn't. I couldn't cover everything in a reasonable uh, hey, way. Hey, maybe because... we make this a 24-hour review. Rem, I know for a fact the second that we started recording that, you would just, like, put a soundboard on loop of you occasionally going, yep, uh-huh, yep, and, and just, just leave you going, leave you going. Yeah, just go off on 12 it. 12 hours in, you uh, grow suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm so broken by this movie already that I... Oh, man, it's rough. It's rough. At the 18th like, hour, you leave, and then it's just my soundboard talking to itself. <laughs> and occasionally you'll come back in and you'll like press a different button to really spice it up yeah. and really gas At the 22nd hour, you come in with your own soundboard. And then it's just AI podcasting. <laughs> there we go. Truly the future. But, but Rem, the thing that you need to take away from this uh, long-ass rant of mine is that on first watch, this movie is not the worst thing on the face of the planet. It's watchable. There's enough cinematography in it and enough like little goofs here and there that one watch through isn't going to make anybody want to immediately kill them. So do you think people are just fighting just like at least watching it once every year? <sighs> every year is a bit much. <laughs> I would say if you're really curious, watch it once. <laughs> once is enough. You'll never forget it, most likely. Uh, I mean, I did apparently, but like not like the stuff that you know, was worth remembering. It's just like the iconic stuff will stick with you. But you'll never need to see it again. And if someone's like, hey, let's watch a Christmas movie this uh, year. What should we watch? And there, and someone brings up a Christmas story. That's when you know you don't need to be friends with them anymore. <laughs> because if they want to watch that one over and over and over and not realize the problems with it, ah, that's a problem. Ah, uh, well, Sean, aren't you happy that there's going to be 11 more days of this uh, yes, everybody, if you go over to, uh, uh our, our Patreon, uh, and, and go to the $5 tier or higher, if you're feeling extra generous, then every single day for the next 11 days after this, we're going to be posting yet another, uh, brand new April Fool's, uh, exclusive, uh, boy, oh boy. Hey, you know, we started rough, but I'm sure, I'm sure that we'll get things that Sean adores. 
<sighs> God, if this is how we're starting, I'm never doing 24 hours ever again. <laughs> if you make me do it again, I am gonna die. Hey, I gotta keep things, keep the spice alive. All right, who knows what I'll do? Uh, <laughs> but there we go. Uh, and now we uh gotta wait to do the proper outros. Uh, because you know we don't. Yeah, we... it's it's a, it's a year out. Yep. So yeah. Uh, or I I don't know where. Hey, it's us from the future to record. Uh, Patreon. Yeah. Yep. Bullshit. Yep. I don't remember where we left off, but <laughs> presumably we were like, hey, we'll fill in the Patreon bullshit. And here we are to do just that. Yeah. It's uh, if we didn't have a natural transition, fuck it. Yeah. It's nice and abrupt now. I mean, look, six months is a long time. It was instant for you guys, <laughs> but it was a long time for us. So, yeah. Uh, shit. Wait. Crap. This is an April Fool. Sean, you know how this goes. Fuck, I have to read it. Shit! Blah, blah, blah. Many different perks, uh, including Sean reading out all of your, your lovely names on Patreon. I forgot that I had to be the one to do it. Son of a bitch. Okay. Um... And, and and keep in mind that all, all the people that he's reading out right now, they, they get access for the next 11 days. You could, too. It's just anybody who's on the $5 tier or higher... That's all it takes, all right? $5 tier or higher, and you will get 11 bonus episodes this year. And you'll also be able to go back and listen to last year's 11 extra bonus episodes. That's so, that's so much extra content. It's so much extra content. But as always, we love to send our uh, love and appreciation to our Black Bitch protagonists and Magical Girls. Uh, but we're moving on to talk about our Yandere waifus who are going to trap us in a room for 24 hours and listen to ASMR tapes that they recorded for us. Uh, and <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, starting with a book about a tumbleweed learning to be human until it gets an Eva in the last five pages, uh, Aaron Hegland, Aisha Gaji, uh, AJ Tunnels, I Only Climax When My Angel Rob Schneider Says You Can Do Eat, Amazing Muffin, and Every Day That Raven Comes to Visit, Angel of Steel, Angel Thank and Yank, Burt B. Eva Flem Angel, Big Nut says, Angel for the Birds, Big Tony Bear Trap, Big Blue Bear Boy, Boats and Hoes, Gotta Have My Boats and Hoes, Brockhard for Geodudes, I Can't Be Bribed, says our angel, but oh, you absolutely can, Sean. Uh, Carl Sniff, Cat Girls are best girls, so just give them cute little paws. Cheese, I've never watched Neon M Genesis Evangelion, but let's go, monkey. Uh, Country Fried Goth here reminds you that you just lost the game, Crypt Killer Steve. Uh, Cryptid Milf, Daddy Rem, tell me a bedtime story, Daddy Sean, Daddy Sean, why does Daddy Rem hate fun? Oh, Samantha, Honey Angel, fun... Hurt him very badly when he was a child. Uh, Danielle Riot. Do-do-do-do. El- Oh, fuck. Uh, Elburin Queno? Queno? Hmm. <laughs> Quenyo, probably. Quenyo, probably. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Erica McCorkle. Ava, isn't that the sequel to Wally? Ask Misaka, hopefully. Fantide. Farmer Wee wants patrons to know it's Christmas time for Eva. Say Angel. Fuck this Shinji guy, Angel. Soap bar is my waifu. Uh, Glenn Michael Dolan. Goog goggle McGigglefuck. Uh, hey, Sean, I just got a text now. It just says, Dirty Ability Test Level 1 begin. Hey, Sean, it's April Fool's Day next week, and guess what we were watching? That's right, it's Adam Sandler. Please, God, no. Uh, <laughs> entertain. I am here for the haunted house stories. I appreciate the thank and yank, Sean. You're a true angel. I, I, don't, I don't like how many of these there are now. <laughs> <laughs> the thank and yank will, will continue all the way to next year. Uh, of course it will, uh, unfortunately. Uh, if Deku's quirk is shared through DNA, does that mean he can't have sex willingly with someone? Uh, actually, he has to be willingly, uh, to pass it on. He can't do it accidentally or it can't be forced off him. It's, uh, explained in the first fucking episode he gets it. Fucking rewatch it, nerd! I'm sorry, I got hostile. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I got a little hostile. 24 hours does a lot to a man. <laughs> 
Like, just, like it's six months later, but I'm still fucking traumatized. Uh, jam hands, Jax. Oh, fuck me running. Uh, Jirgidias? Nah, I tried. Cassidy, King Rutrock, Liam Dunn, Link Jokerl. Uh, live from Sean's mom's basement. Love attacking Titan on the pod after six months of focused listening. Uh, Macaroni Uchiza, making fake mal accounts so I can rate Forest Fire 5, 10 out of 10. Mecha Zap. Uh, let's see. Myrmicorn Fire, Mikaika 7 Hierto, Neon Angel Huva, Neon Tattooed, Neon Genesis Tattooed Evangelion, Nice Legs Days Dukes makes a man go doo doo doo. Uh, 907, No Waifu, No Laifu. Now we move on to the Boy Wizard here where everybody is getting head. Pardon? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> uh, so, no. <laughs> I don't think you can offer that on Patreon. Onaragoro is the best episode so far. Uh, Paco El Musico. Praise Haruhiism. Have you heard of our Lord and Savior Haruhi? Uh, pro tips out of context. Christmas died 2023. Third year, third impact. Third time to coup for the coop. Aviary coup Evangelion. Professor Fox. Rem doesn't completely hate my favorite shows. Rem loves the big hole. Rem puts the bara in Capybara. Rem uses the drums liberation for all weebs from bad anime. RGB98, Rhiannon Williams, Ross Palmer. Say hi to my girlfriend Haley. Hi, Haley. Uh, Sigoy Dekai, that's what she said. Uh, Seraphim the Shark Plushie, Seth Senju. Sean getting the Angel Christmas Special Robot. Oh, God, so many of them. Uh, Shoujo Addict Who Doesn't Need Help, Just More Manga to Read and Anime to Watch. Silent Secondary, Snakey Pie, Stacy's Mom, Super Zoo, Turban. Uh, Thank and Yank Boys hedging their way through the finish line of No Nut November. God damn it. Uh, thanks for being the best thing to listen to while working out. Y'all's most beautiful takes distract me just enough. Uh, that guy that makes Rem talk about those angel cunts at least once a week. Specific. Uh, the angel happy sugar life is in shambles after the thank and yank. The capybara proclaim that throughout heaven and earth, Shaniboo alone is the honored one. The Danish Viking will conquer the world with Roronorazora as my navigator. Susanator. The thank and yank is my favorite Evangelion combat maneuver. The villain behind glasses wants Remington's reaction to Chief Nyanta. Uh, Fafternot King, Ruler of Ornai, Tiger Lily Snape, Titan CNH, Totally God's Angel, Unhinged Prax, Utah Number One, Finland Saga as Peakland Saga, Rem Please Watch, Walk Me Home Gently, When is the Forest Fairy, Vi Visit, Why Sean, Why Sean? <gasps> wow, look at that, almost 12, time for 12 Days of April Fools. God, you y- y- don't say. <laughs> they nailed it! They nailed it! Fucking nailed they, it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they knew, they knew! They knew we would do it two years in a row. God damn. Uh, Yandere Neko, your weekly reminder to wash your pitch, Sean. Zayden, Xanax, Zombie Stomp. My name is first now, bitch. Oops, sorry, I was just overly excited. You're not a bitch. Please don't hurt me. Holy fuck. All right. I think I spattered that pretty nicely. Uh, but now that we're done with the Yandere Rifles, we have to move on up to the Boy Wizard tier, where this week they're going to get a Christmas movie that they have to watch for at least 12 hours. Oh, perfect, perfect. So you can understand my fucking suffering. <laughs> Starting with Second to None, you're getting uh, 1994's The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Have fun with that one. A name written in Japanese, so I don't know how to pronounce it. You're getting Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer from 1964. Animated Z, you are getting National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation from 1989. Uh, let's see. Do I say the Anon? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> I mean, if they know, they know. Anonymous, you're going to get Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, uh, the 2000 version with Jim Carrey specifically. Uh, audience member is paying the cost to reveal their modifier Epic Silv 7. Uh, you are going to get uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the 1966 version. Uh, Bave 12 and 101. Uh, Bave 12 and 1201, you get the big hole. 12 hours of it. <laughs> uh, 12 hours of big hole. Uh, Blood Cell, not the bitch boy white ones. Uh, you get Elf from 2003. Good fucking luck. Cameron Goats, you get a Charlie Brown Christmas from 1965. Carver 271, you get 
never fucking heard of that movie, but sure, you get it. Uh, 2006's The Holiday. Crimson Reaper, just because of the sides. You get Home Alone from 1990. Uh, in the Angel Rem, you get Scrooged, 1988. Cougar, you get Miracle on 34th Street, uh, the 47 version. Uh, Latino heard that Sean is looking for a strong Tommy Mommy who can peg him. Mm, I don't know if that's accurate. Uh, you, I, I know that it is. You get uh, Love Actually from 2003. Does that count? Yeah, I guess that counts. Uh, Miguel Delion, you get The Muppet Christmas Carol from 1992. See, that's a good one, but 12 hours it of it. Mm, hard to say. Mike got his Overlord's review. You get, well, hey, controversial uh, one, Die Hard from 1988. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Monogatari has everything you said you like in an anime, character building, relationships forming, and more significant themes. Uh, you're going to get the 19 for, before, the, 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 the Nightmare Before Christmas from 1993. Nightshade Blade, you get Bad Santa from 2003. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. Uh uh Spy, you get Meet Me in St. Louis from 1944. Or meet it might be Meet Me in St. Louis, I don't know. Could be either way. Uh PL Mary you stink, you get Polar Express from 2004. Ah, so, memories. <laughs> harsh, harsh memories. Uh please consider the magical musical of Healer Girl. I want to know Rem's opinion. Uh you're going to get Fred Claus from 2007. That timeless classic. Uh, Rem should watch Wee Wee Mulcar season two. You get Christmas with the Cranks from 2004. Man, we are, we are really scraping the barrel here. Um, rent a GF revisit now or make Rem watch some more Sora online. You get, I'm sorry, why is this in this list? Ah, fuck it. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone 2001. It has a Christmas scene. I guess it counts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Roscop, you get Jingle All the Way from 1996. Uh, Rodeo, you get Prancer 1989. I don't recognize that one. Is that a Sam Elliott film? Might be a Sam Elliott film. I can't recall. Uh, Ryan Loves Milena. You get uh, the uh, Christmas Carol 2009, the animated one with Jim Carrey. That guy who smelt it or that guy who dealt it, you're going to get Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas from 1999. The Drew is tired. She is EP. You get a White Christmas from 1954. Valkyries come at All Father's command to destroy those who speak bad about JoJo's. You get... <laughs> you get this classic 1998's Jack Frost <laughs> everyone remembers that one Vincent Calabrese you get huh not familiar with this one but it's got Robert Downey Jr. in it so how horrible could it be uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang from 2005 ooh la la my Christ and last in the tier you get what does daddy Rem say to mommy Sean you get uh, you get uh Deck the Halls from 2008. And moving on up to the Joey Wheeler tier, where as Joey Wheeler, Remington will give each and every one of you a lovely Christmas present, and I will give you an ominous warning as to how not to mishandle it. Starting with, uh, six months and counting. You are going to get a three-foot squirrel mannequin dressed as Elvis Presley. And I feel it's pretty self-explanatory, because if you're not careful with that, you're going to hit yourself in the nuts. <laughs> hey, because it's a squirrel. Because it's Classic a squirrel. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. You know. Oh, goodness. Uh, Remington's dear old mum. You are going to get 29 pairs of mismatched socks. The real danger with those is, is if you wear too many mismatched socks to a date, then unfortunately, they're gonna take you out into the field and leave you. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. Now, hey, you got to wear the correct amount of socks. And last but certainly not least, someone mentioned Sean's long slender fingers. Me caution slippery when wet. Jesus fucking Christ. You, uh, you, you, you know, you, you don't get Sean's uh, nice slender fingers, but you do get Dylan Kreider. <laughs> the danger with that one is, if you don't keep an eye on him, he gets sad very easily. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Did we do a proper closing? I can't remember how much we did. I can't uh, either. Uh, we love you all very much. Don't fuck your sister. Hey, no, that's me. I gotta say that. This is my fuck you. Yeah, look, <laughs> look. We Go probably to Patreon. Did. $5 or more, you get 11 goddamn extra episodes full length. Uh, and boy, oh boy, the shit that I pull this year. Uh, and as always, don't fuck your sister. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> It, uh, did you just send me a gif of a ninja more or less hitting a T-Rex with an RKO?